This episode of the DLU podcast is brought to you by Goalie Nutrition. As someone who's used Goalie for quite some time, I can tell you that they're not only very good, but they're very beneficial. My favorite are the Super Green Gummies. The Super Green Gummies are uniquely crafted with a spectrum of essential nutrients such as vitamins A, B12, folic acid, and theamine. It supports a healthy liver function, healthy nervous and immune system, digestive health, a boost to your metabolism, and overall health and well-being. There are no artificial sweeteners, flavors, or colors from artificial sources. They're vegan-friendly, gluten-free, and gelatin-free. All loyal listeners of the DLU podcast get a special 10% discount at checkout. Go to Goalie.com, use promo code D-L-E-W. That's Goalie.com, use promo code D-L-E-W. This podcast is a Believe Network and Luciete production. Welcome to another edition of the DLU Podcast, brought to you by Believe Network. I'm your host, Derek T. Lewis, and I want to thank everybody, you know, for listening to last week's episode with my interview with Marvelous. And for the people that did reach out, you know, privately, you know, whether it was text message or calling me to tell me how much they enjoyed, you know, listening to Marvelous's interview and him telling his story. You know, I, I definitely appreciate that. For all of you taking the time, you know, out of your schedule, out of your day to give my podcast a chance and um and get it you know whether whether if you're on the road if you're at work or if you need something just to listen to to get your mind off stuff you know the dealer podcast is here for you so i definitely appreciate you you know tuning in but man last this past weekend you know i had my uh ring announcer thing with uh the world famous monster factory at our show because we can and from top to bottom the show was great you know it ran really smoothly and we really got the hype up you know the the docuseries you know the fans are really excited about that and speaking of the docuseries the docuseries monster factory which is which can only be seen on apple tv plus if you're listening to this on thursday when the show drops um it's going to be available tomorrow so on the 17th March 17th is when the show debuts on Apple TV Plus. So if you're not an Apple TV Plus subscriber, do me a favor, subscribe and check out the show. It's six 30-minute episodes and you're really going to get to see behind the scenes of what really goes on, you know, at the, you know, at at training, you know, when 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 the uh, the wrestlers are training, you know, during the week and obviously on our show days, you know, just how everything is ran from a production standpoint. So you really get the get a chance to really see what we what we do and the ups and downs the ins and outs you know the whole nine yards so really check that out hope you do but this week i have recording artist Dejay Linnell on the show and we go into depth in regards to her career her story um you know growing up in the bronx now she's living in, in connecticut and she's a school teacher so she's you know following her dream to be you know to be a recording artist and she has some really good music out there so definitely tap in with her you know on her on you know whichever streaming service you listen to and definitely check her out and let's not wait any longer my interview with DJ Linnell starts right now Well, ladies and gentlemen, it's an honor and a privilege to have this talented young lady on this week's edition of the DLU podcast the one and only DJ Linnell thank you for coming on how are you 
Thank you so much for having me. Welcome, guys. Um, I'm doing well. Thank you for asking. All right, all right. So let's talk. Let's talk about the beginning. Let's talk about the the beginning of everything. So you grew up in the Bronx and then Waterbury, Connecticut. Let's talk about that a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I moved out here um, around fifth grade, um, and it was a really big transition for me because the norms are so different here than in New York. New York, you go to the corner store and you can eat a whole meal. Over here, you got all these restaurants and stuff. So it was a little bit of a culture shock at first. I see. So you say, so you say you moved to Connecticut when you were in the fifth grade. So how was life? So talk about the Bronx. So how, what was life for you growing up in the Bronx? Uh, the best memories. <laughs> um, fire hydrants, block parties, mm -hmm. um, you know, ice cream trucks, cherry dip, um, chopped cheeses. <laughs> mm hmm. Dollar piece, uh, for yes. them. <laughs> yes, indeed. Did you go to Yankee games or? Oh, yeah. My mom, my whole family, all of us, big Yankee fans. I actually um was at a game about two years ago and I was able to be in the sky box. So it was so cool. Mm, nice. <laughs> nice. Thanks. You're talking to a fellow Yankee fan yourself. And I, I am hopeful for, um, for some progress this season because it's been far too long since we have we have uh, won a world series championship so artists that you that you that you told me earlier that you that's influenced you there's whitney houston tony braxton babyface and lauren hill what was it about these particular artists that drew you to them their words um their music meant something you know and i feel like Growing up, I had a lot going on. So when I heard their songs, I felt just relief in a way. So for example, so with Toni Braxton, what was what was some of the songs that you that you that from her that really drew to you? Ooh, so many. Um Why are you calling me on the phone? Why you're not at home on time? Uh that one is such a good one because it just it reminds you of your self-worth and the fact that you don't have to accept less. Um right. and growing up that was a big thing for me. So let me tell you something. When 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 you mentioned Tony Braxton and Babyface in particular, LA and Babyface did an outstanding job with Tony's very first album. I mean, there were so many classic hits on and this is her first two records really when she was signed to LaFace Records and just to see her progression early on and the then the quality of music that she was doing and you know like I said and the range that she has which I think she doesn't get a lot of credit for but she's an incredible incredibly talented artist and her longevity speaks for itself. Yeah, now top five and she's not number five so <laughs> there you go. All right. Now at what age did you start writing music and decided that you wanted to be a recording artist? Um, so I really felt like I wanted to sing growing up. Um, since I was younger, I can't pinpoint the exact age, but um, I remember Ashanti was really big around the time. So in the 90s and mm -hmm. um, I was like, I want to be like her. <laughs> I want to mm -hmm. do what she's doing, you know. And then I tried to sing and everybody was like, um, you know, maybe a different talent. You know, I was young. I was a kid. Yeah. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. So wait a minute. Even as a kid, see, ladies and gentlemen, I'm, I'm going to stop right here. When a kid is trying to do something, don't ever, don't try to kill their dreams. Don't do that because you never know who they'll become. 
Now look at her. Proceed. Literally. So growing up, I was like, oh, I'm I'm going to be a lawyer. You know, that was my my goal at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I just fell in love with psychology in high school, too. So it was pretty big for me. But music just um, it takes over my heart. So. <laughs> so when you talk about um, the creative process and writing lyrics, what space are you in and break down how you do it in regards to just writing and the whole creative process when you come up with an idea. Yeah. So um, to answer correctly, your question from before as well, um, I started writing um, more intensely in middle school. I had a teacher, English teacher who um, gave us journals and we had to write poems um, and thoughts and stuff every single day that we went Mm -hmm. into class. Mm -hmm. And after that, I started realizing how much I love putting words together um and she would always teach us that it could be anything you know she's like you writing down these words could be melodic it could be um anything you want so um after that I was like still intrigued with singing but never got into it Mm -hmm. um and then my senior year was when I really tapped into my musical abilities I had a music teacher um shout out Mr. Fercucci um he was just the brightest star in our school he motivated us so much and he taught me to not be afraid of, you know, my talent and to just go for it, you know? Um, And after that, it just sparked a fire in me. I started writing all the time. I started performing. Um, I just had so much fun. And then life kind of happened and slowed down. Um, and I thought this isn't realistic. You know, I can't make money from this right now. You know, I'm struggling. I need, you know, help at that time. So I just had to put a pause on everything. Um, and then um, I started doing some open mics again um, and just started writing and, and just remembering who I was. So my process in writing is really just what I'm feeling at the time. Um, sometimes it depends on the beat as well. Sometimes I hear a beat and the words just flow like naturally for this song right now, Missing Pieces coming out on the 20th of this month. um, That song just flew like flew from my hand onto the paper. It was so crazy. Amazing, isn't it? I just felt it it in my heart. (laughs) It was was amazing. I've gone through that as a fellow recording artist. I can tell you I've experienced that a lot. There's been times where I can have writer's block and I can't think of anything. But then when I get an idea of something and the words are just, e- the lyrics are just, e- it just comes to you. It's easy. And even from how you phrase it melodically, you know, when you're when you're singing it out loud, you're like, oh, this fits perfectly. And you're just in the zone. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, I, I love hearing fellow artists say that because I go through that a lot when I write. And... That feeling is just like, you feel like you're on top of the world that you can do anything. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it's, it, that's about as perfect of an, of an analogy as, I, as you can explain it right there. So when did you start going to the studio? With, talk, talk about that process. It's like, okay, I'm going to start really doing this because I know you said there was a little down period there. And then you start picking up where you left off. You say, okay, this is who I am. I am a I am a recording artist at heart and I'm going to do this. So when was it that you said, okay, let's 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 go ahead and let's get into the studio? Um, It was when I, 
it was really when I reconnected with my dad, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, growing up without him was really rough for me. Mm-hmm. And um, when he came back around, it was around age 21. Um, so that was like such a rough transition for me. But um, he, motiva- he motivated me a lot and he filled in the pieces, the missing pieces, mm. <laughs> you know, that I had when it came to music and things. Um, it's crazy how musical they are. And my dad, he was pretty well known and and all this stuff, even with the, his absence in the music industry, he came back and he had so much love and so many connections and stuff. And he just told me, like, you know, you're a queen. You can do anything you want. I don't know why you're not doing it. And he's like, you know, don't be afraid of something new. Because um, I perform live. Um, it's like my home performing live. But it's something different about recording in a studio. And I think for a while it was so hard for me to grasp the difference. Um mm-hmm. It, it was really hard for me that I kind of was like, okay, well, maybe not right now. And he was like, if you don't do it now and you're not going to do it later, you're not going to ever do it. And you're going to miss out on something that you love and the world is missing out on something that you can bring. So um, after that conversation with him, he took me to the studio um, and I had my first like official session where I recorded my first song, um, which was not you changed my mind it was supposed to be a song that I did not release called redo um but yeah um after that I was like yeah I definitely need to find the right studio um and then he passed away he passed away and it was kind of hard because sorry to hear about that yeah no it's okay thank you he was my connection to the music so Mm -hmm. um but the positive side in saying that is that it sparked the fire in me you know I was like I'm dropping my music I'm releasing it you know he believed in me so much he loves my music so so much so I'm like yeah you know um I have to just make him proud yeah and I have a similar story with my dad too my dad was actually in this group called the drifters I don't know if you've ever heard of them and there was a period of time where he wasn't around, you know what I mean? And I'll, I'll, you know, I'll put it out there, but I think, you know, years later we did connect and, but the difference was though he didn't know I was becoming an actor and getting into music at the time that he did pass away. Thus why I named my production company, Lucy at day music because of my last thing, his, our last thing, Lewis. And of course there's seven of us Lewis kids. So that was more or less of my homage to my dad and carrying on the legacy. So you're doing the same exact thing of, you know, doing something that, you know, keeping those reminders of what your dad wanted you to do and pushing you forward. So thanks. Number one, thank you for sharing your story and also letting you know, you're not alone. You know what I mean? And make sure that whenever you, whenever there is, because we all have our down moments, but just make sure of, of, of your why, of why you're doing this, you know, exactly. you alluded to it, but let's talk about it. You changed my mind. I have to tell you, I listened to it about five or six times. And (laughs) every time I listened to it, I found something different that I liked about it. Talk about the creative process in that song, who you worked with, and how it all came to be as your first single. Yeah. um, 
that recording that single was so hard for me because it meant so much for me because it was my step one. So I'm like, um, this has to be perfect, you know? So um, in between trying to find the right studio, the right producer to work with, Mm -hmm. which was really hard because my dad did all that for me. So now it's Mm. like in a, in a loop where I'm like, okay, who who can do it for me you know who can hear my sound and not change it or not not alter it but elevate it um so it was a struggle (laughs) and my friend um antonio um he goes by a marquise he's also a recording artist he set up a studio at um at um at the y and he said, you know, come on down. Like, I have a beat that um, you can have. Let's record. Let's have some fun. Mm-hmm. Um, he had previously asked me to do a feature with him. Um, so for me doing the feature, he was like, you know, um, come in. You don't have to pay anything, uh, you know, a song for a song. So I'm like, okay, perfect. Cool. So we get there and it's this small little studio and I'm bringing my little candle and we just start getting into it. And um, I wrote half of it when he sent me the beat and then I finished the rest in the studio, the ending of the song was all just me going and flowing um, because that was not what was supposed to be said or what was supposed to be done. Right. I, I like to keep my endings a little bit like different and unique. So I do go off of like my traditional writing styles for my endings most of the time. So right. <laughs> But it's also good sometimes, maybe like it's almost like in a boxer's sense, maybe instead of throwing a right, you're throwing a left, you know? So maybe in this sense is, hey, it doesn't have to necessarily end it how how we're caught. Because, you know, we're, we're, we train ourselves to write a certain way, construct yeah. our songs a certain way. And I'm even working on something now. And it's just like, Derek, why do you have to write it this way? You can, there's many ways to, to construct this. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I get everything you're saying in regards to just, changing it up a little bit. And that's how we grow as artists, how we grow as creative beings. And that's where that, that, that our, how diverse our music can be every single time, you know, when people are listening to us. This episode of the DLU podcast is brought to you by Goalie Nutrition. As someone who's used Goalie for quite some time, I can tell you that they're not only very good, but they're very beneficial. My favorite are the Super Green Gummies. The Super Green Gummies are uniquely crafted with a spectrum of essential nutrients such as vitamins A, B12, folic acid, and theamine. It supports a healthy liver function, healthy nervous and immune system, digestive health, a boost to your metabolism, and overall health and well-being. There are no artificial sweeteners, flavors, or colors from artificial sources. They're vegan-friendly, gluten-free, and gelatin-free. All loyal listeners of the d podcast get a special 10% discount at checkout. Go to Goalie.com, use promo code D-L-E-W. That's Goalie.com, use promo code D-L-E-W. Now, you signed with Mobbin, with Mobbin's exotic mob music label. Talk about how you met Mobbin and... What as far as being under under that label, that that umbrella and what that's been for you so far? Um, so I had gotten invited last year to perform um during the BET Awards weekend in LA. So I was okay. performing at the LA Convention Center, um, out there and a few other um smaller gigs during the weekend and stuff. Um, 
and I met him at the Grammys Museum. They had an after party there um, for the for the BT Awards. So I met him there. Um, I just walked up to him and I said, hey, um, you know, are you are you a producer? Are you an artist? Do you do music? You know, nice to meet you. This is who I am. Um, so he's like, yeah. Um, and he was he was a little kind of skeptical, like, who is this girl who just pulled up on me? <laughs> you know? right, 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 right. And I'm like, listen, I know I'm abrupt, but I'm here like because where I am now is not satisfying me. I know that my music needs to be heard. I don't know how I'm going to get to the end of my rainbow, <laughs> but, um, you know, I'm just going to put myself out there. Um, while I was out there, that was my mindset. I'm just going to put myself out there and see what comes. Right. And um, he he told me, you know, I like your confidence. I love how you just came up here and said, this is what I'm trying to do. I can tell you're serious. Um, so we just got to talking. I got to meet some of the artists he was with and stuff. We kind of hung out for a while. Okay. And then we kept connected. Um, I'm actually not officially signed with them yet. Um, but we are working together. So we have a good um, relationship and stuff. And, you know the future is to come so i'm excited for everything i have um such big hopes and i know mobbin is so dope so i'm excited for him as well <laughs> yeah mobbin i've known mobbin now almost close to a year and i had an opportunity to, to uh interview him when we were in miami for a music conference with radio pushers and just a solid guy just to, just about as real as they come and no nonsense and he's just straightforward about everything so you know, working with him, you know, you're definitely in a good place. And I'm, I wish, you know, I wish him Mobbin and, you know, his whole entire team all the best. Now, are there any other producers and artists you would like to collaborate with? Um, There's so many different artists. Um, I can't wait for people to start um, seeing me more. So and hearing me more um, so that they can understand the severity of this <laughs> for me. For sure. because, um, I know it's meant to be, you know, I know it. I feel it. People hear it. People hear me and they and they listen. You know, they stop what they're doing to tune into what I'm saying when I'm singing. And it's just the best feeling in the world. You know, it's I know that it's just meant to be. So I'm ready I'm open to different collabs. I'm open to different artists. Um, I always tell artists to email me a track so we can see if our vibes um, match so that we can move on. Right now, I'm looking to collab specifically with um, a good friend of mine. Um, she goes by Sweetie Bell. She's also an artist, an R&B singer, mm -hmm. and she is just amazing. So I'm excited to work with her. Um, and then I have a few others potentials that are still out there so um i'm trying to just go with the flow and right now i'm really focused on um my music and getting it recorded i got the opportunity to record in manhattan at a really dope studio um through through my family um my cousin kate flock he um kind of opened that door for me um so that was really cool so now i'm just in a better in a better space musically so i'm just trying to push my stuff and focus on me while also giving a little bit taste here and there <laughs> yeah for sure for sure now you said you traveled you know to la you know for you know for um the weekend it was a great you know grammy museum it was a bet awards weekend were there any other cities you visited to perform in and what was that experience like for you 
Yeah, um, I've traveled to Washington, D.C. Um, twice now mm -hmm. um, to perform, and that was really cool. I wasn't able to explore the city like I would have liked to. It was kind of just strictly business and out of there. Exactly. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but it, <laughs> yep. it is also so nice to see the different cultures um, through people's music, you know, like the music is so different everywhere you go that it's, like, sure. oh, you know, and sometimes you find um, you find things that are more similar, but it's just everybody has like a different spark to them and where they come from influences that. And it's so cool to see. Um, I've traveled to Massachusetts a lot um, to perform um, always in New York, Brooklyn, um, Manhattan. Um, I just love New York so much. My hometown. Um mm -hmm. I perform around Connecticut a lot, um, wherever they just reach out to me, I'm down to go. And um, where else have I gone to Pennsylvania, Rhode Island, New Jersey, um, mostly on the East Coast. I'm trying to spread out um, a lot more. Um, I just want to release my music first to get people more familiar before I go. Um, but I don't think that's going to be a problem because I think everybody's going to enjoy what I have to give. I'm telling you, when they hear your your recent your recent record you brought out about a year ago, you know, when they hear that, and we'll talk about your future uh, project that's coming out on the twentieth. You know, they're definitely going to be very engaged and in tune. Now, speaking of your music, how does your music fit in today's R and B, and how does that fit in there? It's such an interesting question because um, a lot of people. That's probably the biggest like negative comment I'll get when I'm performing and stuff is that um, I'm kind of like a little bit old school style. I don't like to do too many um, riffs. I like to sing in my chest voice. I like to relax and have a chill vibe. Um, and a lot of I don't know, I, I get a lot of mixed reviews when it comes to um how I should be singing, not specifically how I'm singing, but how I should be singing. Oh, well, you should sing more like this person or that person. I'm like, oh, thank you so much. Like, it's so nice to meet you, you know? Right, right. <laughs> but I mean, but, you, will be, you will be a carbon copy of somebody else if you did that. You know what I mean? And I think old school stuff still works. You know, there's a saying, and I'm in the, I'm in the pro wrestling business, and there's one wrestling school in Connecticut. Shout out to uh, Bully Race 3D Academy. Old school rules, new school tools. Old school stuff still works in many aspects of whether it's entertainment, sports, or whatever. It doesn't matter. Exactly. But it, but it has to feel right to you. Mm -hmm. It's true. And 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 uh, my new music, I feel like, has turned a lot of people's heads in the correct direction now because um, right. I'm getting a lot more positive reinforcements. Like, girl, you know, you, you're great. You're amazing. Wow. Like, who are you? Where are you from? Like, you know, where can we follow you? I'm like, oh, you know, perfect. Like, listen to my music. <laughs> Check me out. More to come, you know? Um, so I'm excited to give my fans more things because I'm just developing them, you know? And I try to keep genuine connections and, um, I'm just a nice person. So I try to support people, um, check people out. I go to other people's shows and stuff. Um, mm -hmm. try to make as many connections as I can. Um, you know, while I'm while I'm here now. For sure. Now, tell the people a random fact about yourself. Mm, I'm a teacher. <laughs> really? Talk about mm -hmm. it. Let's talk about it. So 
um, you don't have to give the name of your school you teach at, but what grade do you teach? And, you know, if you teach a subject, what subject do you teach? Yeah, I teach high schoolers um, Spanish, one. Oh, <laughs> okay. All right. that So opportunity how's... kind of um, fell on my lap, and I just fell in love with my students. I love them so much. Um, they inspire me, and I try to give them that same inspiration. I try to push them, and sometimes they rebel a little bit, you know. <laughs> but for the most part, um, I know that they appreciate it, and I try to just give them a, enough love. Um, while teaching them Spanish that nobody wants to learn <laughs> in high school. They're like, oh, man, it's a language class. Hey, you're, you know, I listen, my first Spanish teacher I had, and I'm giving away my age a little bit. <laughs> my first Spanish teacher I met, I think, in 1985. And I was in second grade. And to this day, her and I are still in contact because of her impact on me as a six, seven-year-old. I learned Spanish in second grade. And... What she taught me at that time helped me so much because I was so eager to learn a new language. Am I fluent? Am I great at it? Man, I'm all right. But just to know certain things, you know, as far as the, the there's more alphabets in the Spanish alphabet than it is in the English alphabet. You know what I mean? You know, just being able to speak to somebody, I don't care what what type of, of vocation or where they're working or whatever the case, they speak Spanish. They may not speak the English language that clear, but if I can communicate with them. I want to make them feel welcome and I want them to say, hey, listen, I can communicate with you rather than like walk by, you know, say anything. You know what I mean? So, Exactly. so my teacher, Miss Douglas, like still means the world to me because of what she instilled in me. It's in second grade. So, and it sounds like that you're doing the same thing with your students. So I appreciate our teachers more because that, that is a very, very hard profession. I can only imagine, you know what I
is how you're going to determine your future. Um, and he basically just told me to be more emotionally intelligent, you know, um, bottom line, to be able to still make it through and still strive for what I deserve. Um, and another one, my dad, he's always telling me, you know, um, you're a queen, like, act like it. <laughs> and I know it's simple, but it, it just hits you because you're like, oh, he's so right. <laughs> Positive reinforcement is so important. So important. Yes. If there's anything in the industry that you can change, what would it be? This one's a sticky one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, you got to be careful what you say. <laughs> of course, of course. Um, no, I'm just kidding. But um, I would probably say to go back to demos and things. Um, I know it seems like so small, but I feel like everything now is about your image and not really about like the product that you're putting out there. For sure. Um, and I'm not saying that's with everyone. We have so many talented people. We have such a big <laughs> world. 100%, 100%. So, but I would definitely do the demo thing again um, if I can change anything like right away. Um, so that they can actually listen, you know, like listen, like all, all the extra stuff, listen, have that shock, that element, that going in blind, not worried about what you're looking like or what you're wearing or who you're talking to or who doesn't like you or who does like you. Just really listen. I think it would weed out a lot, a lot of the different artists that maybe aren't on the higher levels, but know more people, you know? So yeah. um, that's probably one small thing I would change. No, no, it's it's important. And I think, you know, the demo factor, you know, you think about like you would send a tape or a CD to an AR and they'll listen to it and hope that they get back to you. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I think that really everyone will be in the same boat at that point because you're listening to the talent, not so much of the imagery that they're seeing. You know what I mean? And I think, Sometimes that you can miss out on some talent, you know, but if they don't have that image or maybe they can't or they can't sell this or they can't sell that. And I think that's a that's an ideology that I think has gotten a little bit too. Uh, it's, it, I, don't, I don't like it. I think there needs to be a bit more focus on the talent more than the image. Now, you you, you again, you mentioned to it earlier. You have a, um, a project that's coming out very, very shortly. So let's talk about it. Yes. Missing pieces. Uh, a missing piece of my heart. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, this song means so much to me. Um, it's like I have um, always written safely. Um, well, but safely, you know, never really trying to get too into my personal life. Um, I like to be a little private with those things. So sure. I don't really like to tell people what I'm feeling and what I'm thinking. But with this song, I kind of let it out. <laughs> I okay. altered it a little bit, but I let it out. You know, some things I took from things I've seen or or things I've heard about. But a lot of it was actually about, you know, how I was feeling in that time, in that moment. Okay. All right. Now, where can people find you on social media? Um, whether it's, you know, our website, YouTube, you know, if there's merchandise, website, plug it all. 
Dejaylin, D-A-J-E-E-L-Y-N-N on Instagram. Um, you follow me, I will follow you back. Um, take a listen. You can find all my links in my bio. I'm everywhere, Spotify, Tidal, Apple Music. Um, wherever you can find music, you will find Dejaylin. <laughs> my new project is coming out and then I'll be working on an EP you guys can see um, all my gigs posted on my Instagram at all times anytime I'm performing you'll see it on my Instagram so you guys can come out reach out to me sometimes I have a guest list and I can throw one or two extra people on it so um, no matter where you're from or who you are you want to come see me I will try to do that for you so um, at DJ Lynn um, my Facebook DJ Linnell um my twitter dj lynn as well um pretty much dj lynn for everything d-a-j-e-e-l-y-n-n <laughs> all right well well again um it's been an honor and a privilege to have you on you know this week's edition of the d loop podcast and again now that you've been on you're a friend of the show forever so again the invitation is always open for you to come back if you have something else going on in the future in the immediate or distant future you know hey you know this is the place for you to come promote it, talk about everything that's going on in your career. Thank you so much. Um, it's literally been a pleasure. I don't get to do this so often. So um, I'm grateful and I appreciate you so much. And it's been so nice. So thank you. You got it. Well, that does it for this week's edition of the DLU podcast. Again, I want to thank DJ Linnell for taking the time out of her busy schedule to come talk to us and tell her story and everything that's going on with her music career. So again, like she said, check out all of her music on all streaming platforms. And like I said, you definitely won't regret it. I had an awesome time listening to her music all this week, actually. So definitely check her out. She's definitely on her way to doing some incredible, incredible things. You know, I forgot to mention um, last week, one of my friends from high school hit me up and I hadn't talked to him in a while. Um, we we actually um, reconnected, I think, during the pandemic. His name is Lamont Williams. And we met in sixth grade and when i tell you the uh, shocked was was an understatement man i'm telling you but you know he's doing incredible him and his wife and his kids so again a huge shout out to my boy lamont you know we used to sing you know back in the day you know we used to sing in the back hallway you know before homeroom we had aspirations of being in music and you know one day one day we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna do something but Regards to me, you know, you can follow me on all my social media. You know, there's TikTok, there's Snapchat, uh, Instagram, Twitter, and it's all under the same handle, The Real DT Lou. The Real DT Lou. Facebook is Derek T. Lewis official page. You can get merchandise, okay? I have, there's a new D. Lou podcast t shirt that's obviously with the Believe logo on it. You can get it at shop.derrycklewis.com in addition to other tees and, and hoodies that are on there as well. Well, again, I'm going to get out of here. And just remember, whatever you do in life, always remember to make it count. See you next time.